Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical world view, and we are certainly going to put that to the test today and uh, explain why we're doing that and really demonstrate why we always open the show with that tagline. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother, Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. And you in the audience are listening to us as well. And we'd love to know who you are. Send us an email at uh, trdshow at protomail.com is the email address. You can send all of your thoughts and additional insights and information and just, you know, anything. Send to that inbox, trdshow at protomail.com. Also, check out our show website, which is trdshow.net. We've got a list of links to all the many platforms we are on, and they are numerous. If you haven't checked out that website yet, you are missing out on a lot of stuff. Please like this video, subscribe to the channel, give us a five-star review. Those things really, really help us grow, and we appreciate that so much. Uh, but then also follow us on places like Gab and Getter, uh, or you know, if you hate free speech, you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook too. Those are definitely options. All of those links are on our show website, trdshow.net. All right, so today, today, I mean, we're going to dive into this because we have so much to talk about and not a lot of time to do it. Um, so if we're talking fast, that's why we've got so much to cover. Today is Current Events Monday, and we're doing something a little special. Um, you may have uh, found yourself in the uh, odd position of being completely and entirely and shockingly underwhelmed with the results of last week's election. And uh, not just because of the people that were or weren't elected, but also because of these little things called ballot initiatives or ballot measures, which Jacob is going to be going into tons of detail about. Um, yeah, it was a shocking week for a lot of people, not us, because we don't put our uh, faith and trust in chariots. So um, to us, it was like, oh, whoops, okay. So we have more work to do. Great. So on that level, it was a bit shocking. On another level, I we can understand and definitely sympathize with people who would sense. be, yes, we could we could sympathize with people who are like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. Oh, we're all going to die, right? Here's what we want to talk about today. First, we're going to start out by talking about the ballot initiatives. What is it that happened last week? What are some of the things that passed? What are people, what did they vote on? And um, it's not looking good. We're gonna, Jake's really going to dive into that and address it. After that, I want to take a step back and really break down from a biblical perspective what that means, but more importantly, how to fix it and what that means for Christians. Um, so I want to talk about our sit rep. What position are we in uh, using those ballot measures as, an, as examples? Uh, and then I want to talk about, so what do we do now? What does the Bible say to do now? And then I want to go into how do we make disciples of every nation. So we've got a lot to cover and not a, lot of, not a lot of time to cover it in. So stay tuned for this very big episode. But before we get into all of that stuff, we have to talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22. It's actually one verse this week. How about that? <laughs> it's the first time in forever. It's not multiple verses. Um, our verse this week says, Christ Jesus, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. And again, that's 1 Peter 3.22. And this is a reminder. And there are so many others. I want to read three other verses because all of this ties together because so many people can be like, oh, well, uh, you guys just picked the one verse in the Bible that says Christ is king. And you like to capitalize and harp on that. 
um, pretty much every episode we pick different verses that show and demonstrate the power and authority of Christ over everything in this world. But today, especially, we want to focus on that, given what happened last week. So I want to read three other verses. One is, uh, who is it? Is it Toby Sumter or Douglas Wilson that says Psalm 110 verse one is God's favorite Bible verse? <laughs> because uh, Psalm 110.1 is the most highly quoted verse in the Bible. It is brought up all the time. So Psalm 110.1 says, The Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. And uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 12 through 14, quotes this passage. And it says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And again, that's Hebrews 10, 12 through 14. Uh, First Corinthians 15, 24 through 26 says, then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to the, to God, the father after destroying every rule and every authority and power for he must reign. When is he reigning right now? He's reigning for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. And that's first Corinthians 15, 24 through 26. So the next, next time someone comes up to you and says, nah, you know what? We're just waiting for Christ to come back. Uh, all our efforts right now are in vain. Everything we're doing really, we're just, we're just waiting here and, and it's all going to hell in a handbasket and there's not much we can do about it. Read these verses to them because the Bible very clearly says otherwise. First Corinthians 15, 24 through 26 says he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy. So this is after every other enemy has been destroyed. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Not the first enemy. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So we need to remember this. When things go badly, and it certainly looks like last week things went very badly, remember who is king. And if he is king, which he is, if he is king, then that changes how we react to these things. When things don't go well, we should look at ourselves and say, what is it that we're failing to do? What is it since Christ is reigning? What lesson is God teaching us right now? What judgment are we under and why? And we need to fix that. Uh, Christ uh, God, in the Bible, it says God reprimands those, ch chastens those whom he loves. We're being chastened right now. We are facing judgment right now and we need to figure out why, which is what we're going to be discussing today and how to fix it. And with that, I'm going to pass it on over to Jake to talk about what happened last week. Yeah, and well, last last week was an obvious upset um, because not only have we elected sinful and depraved humans into positions of power, but it also brought us something we should have focused on to begin with, uh, which is more than just the candidates themselves, but it is the ballot initiatives that they bring with them. Mm. And, and really yeah. the ballot initiatives that they vote on. And then and for, for the people that don't know what a ballot initiative is, because to be honest, I didn't know until this recent, recent point. I didn't know they were called ballot initiatives. I had this vague idea that they were out there, but yeah. I didn't know what they were yeah. called exactly. Uh, but to those who don't know, let me give a brief definition. And as you know, I love definitions. And this one is taken from a website called Ballotpedia. Just and the the uh, 
both the definition and the website should be in the description, or, or the website should be in the description, you'll be able to find the definition there. But all of these, all of the measures that I bring up should be in the description and should be from this website. There might be a few that aren't, but moving on, long-winded. But the definition is, the ballot initiative is a means by which citizens may propose to create, amend, or repeal a state law or constitutional provision through collecting petition signatures from certain minimum number of registered voters. So basically, it allows the citizens to go around and collect signatures from registered voters so they can put in stuff, amend uh, laws, uh, repeal laws, propose laws. But, um, so, that's what those are. But, uh, yeah. Last year in Pennsylvania, this, this hits kind of close to home for us because we voted last year on uh, uh, one of these uh, very same things in Pennsylvania to limit the authority of the governor um, to keep him from keeping people locked in their houses, to keep him from uh, prolonging an emergency in the state, all of that kind of stuff. Um, so they can be used for good, but a lot of times they may not be. Because it yeah, is, again, that... this is almost as close to democracy as you're going to get where uh, or in America, we should, I think this is as close as we want to get, <clears throat> where it's the people, just the people themselves voting on one particular thing instead of their purely just their representatives. Yeah. Sorry. And I, I think this also happened in California when they were trying to um, get uh, Newsom out, right? I think that's I what remember. that was. That's possible. Where they had to sign, I remember a lot of people in California having to sign a certain petition. Or right, something. right. Oh, yeah, it didn't go um, through, but they were trying to right, get something right, like that. Right. So, yeah, I got you. Um, But for those that come as a shocker, yes, we are not only voting for the people, we are also voting for laws and regulations. That's really what it, what it comes down to. But let me now show you only a few of the ballot initiatives that were on this ballot for the midterms. And that begins with all of the abortion initiatives. I do not have direct articles, as I was stating before. They all come from this website, and then there are a few that aren't. But um, these all are initiatives that I'm reading directly. Um, but some of these initiatives start with uh, three different states codifying Roe as law. And that would be California, Michigan, and Vermont. Now, some of these are, are quite understandable. You kind of figured California would go this way, or that Michigan would go this way, or even Vermont. But here's another interesting thing. I'll get to kind of like the sad part, but another interesting thing is where Kansas and Kentucky, they rejected... Roe as a constitutional right, which is nice, and and that that worked out for them. But the problem is that Ma Montana voted on a measure called the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, and this would say this this act would say that infants have a right to health care because they are naturally born citizens. In the Constitution, it says. 
that any citizen born any any person born in the United States has a right is a citizen and has the right to all the constitutional rights. And so and I could definitely see how this could be argued. But that was repealed. That was rejected. And so now children by law do not have a right to healthcare mm. and therefore are allowed to be killed. So, in essence, they codified Roe into law. Yep. Yeah, but, horrible. Yeah, it's... But, through this, I can say that when Roe v. Wade was overturned, Bruce and I stated a lot that the fight was not over, that we no. cannot stop, that we need to keep fighting, because it's being sent back to the States. And, sadly, I have to say... Most people just went back to sleep. Mm. We we saw that Roe was overturned. We forgot. We we messed up and we didn't do anything more. We went to sleep and we stopped fighting. So now, because of those people, because of the people who stopped fighting, they have now allowed the innocent murder of children. It is on their shoulders now. And I think that is, I don't think that's too terribly wrong of me to say, but it's because of those people that we now have the innocent murder of children. Well, we have the murder of innocent children. Yeah. Yep. Right. Sorry. I... Yeah, no, wrong. No worries. Yeah, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, but in order to break that bad news... Let me uh, end with two uplifting measures. The first one is Tennessee voted on a measure that repealed a previous constitutional amendment. And I was talking to Bruce in the pre-show about this, and he was quite surprised. Uh, but I wanted to, I wanted to say that, that well, first of all, this new constitution, this constitutional amendment, said uh, that all ministers were disqualified from the state's general assembly. Um, I don't even know how that got passed in the first place. That's just... Who knows? Wow. But the but good thing is, that was repealed. repealed. Yes. That, all right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That is a really good thing. Now, this yeah. last one. This last one is even better and kind of funny. But uh, it, it's also quite interesting to discuss as well. <clears throat> but this initiative is called... Uh, Greater Idaho. Now, what Greater Idaho is, is where half of the state of Oregon wants to secede from Oregon and join Idaho. <laughs> now, because why not? Right, right, and and like like before, we saw from the abortion ones that these these initiatives went to law and they were passed. So really, this initiative could be passed. Wow, it's, there is a likelihood of it being passed. But, yeah, yeah, and I think this is a measure in Idaho, in in Oregon, not in Idaho. So really, all the logistics of it, we don't know. Yeah, it, yeah. it hasn't been that, that often. That might be an option, and there's at least the right. amount of people right. there who kind right. of want that to be a thing, which is mm -hmm. very interesting. Yeah, wow. and really, uh, <clears throat> when have we ever seen a state secede? But I wanted yeah. to quickly say, Easily. I wanted to quickly say why this is. Now, this is because Oregon had another ballot initiative 
that would ban gun rights. It it would it was it was, it was a, an attack on gun rights, and wow. so that's why part of Oregon. So it's not just like the liberal half of Oregon is is trying to leave Oregon just to leave <clears throat> Oregon for whatever reason. Uh, it is the the better half of Oregon, I would say. At least the people who are like, wait, we don't want this. And so it is kind of a good thing. It's not necessarily like, oh no, California is going to take over, you know. No, it's it's not. Oregon isn't going to take over. At least I don't think. But, of course, this is all... Who knows about this? No, no state has... Yeah. No state has actually seceded, so how yeah. likely is this? Yeah. But it's wow. more hopeful. I hope it works. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really fascinating to to hear that that's a thing. Wow. Well, dude, thank you so much for diving into some of those uh, kind of um, laborious topics. <laughs> or at least the research is laborious, trying to get into, like, oh, my goodness, drudging through all the numbers and bill 305.96a so yeah so that's really appreciate that and of course all those links are in the description below so check those out all right so um for my section of today's episode um i want to give a brief monologue on really a couple of things but the the overarching theme i'm deriving what i'm about to say from the confessional county by raymond simmons um we read that on the show uh, earlier this year. It's just a wonderful book. If you don't have a copy, you should get a copy of that book. It's just a tremendous book. Um, but, you know, he starts out the book with a bit of a sit rep, uh, which means situation. Um, oh, what does that actually mean? Sit rep. It's a situation report. There it is. Report. Yeah. <laughs> it's like representation. No, that doesn't make sense. Situation report. Um, and I'd like to do the same thing, but kind of apply it to where we're at today. So, situation where where we are in rough shape um so jacob just got done talking about all the various ballot measures that just passed um across our once great country but many of you know that that those things barely scratch the surface of our current culture's descent into madness and folly um the truth of the matter is that because our nation has publicly turned its back on god and his word we no longer know what morality is. Um, we also don't know a few other things. We don't know what a baby is. We don't know what a man or a woman is. We don't know what a family is. And most importantly, we don't know what a Christian worldview is. So let me just break down. This is a bit of a Kuyperian overview. And for those who haven't heard of Abraham Kuyper, um, go look him up. Um, but yeah, that's all I'll say on that, because I think most of our listeners know who Abraham Kuyper is. And if you don't, send us a message or leave a comment, because you really should. And we'd love to send you some information on that. But anyways, um, so here's a bit of a Kuyperian overview of our society. The family government, family governments across our nation, across our society, have collectively refused to train up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And not only that, not only have they refused to train them and take responsibility for their own children, They've given them over to the civil government to be trained. So not only are they not training them, they're giving them to a totally different government, the government of the civil realm, of the justice realm, giving them to the civil government to be trained. It's utter insanity. Church governments have collectively refused to train their members how to conquer the nations for Christ. 
and they've refused to take care of the poor, allowing the rot of secularism to conquer the nations and the civil government to create programs to care for the poor. But it doesn't stop there. No, no, it's not just our families. It's not just our churches that are falling apart. Civil governments across the world, specifically our own, have collectively refused to remain confined to the duties and responsibilities given to them by God, and have instead picked up the slack from the other governments, from training children to creating welfare programs and everything in between. On top of that, they have completely failed at their one job, which is to be a minister of God, Romans 13, as an example of his perfect justice. And we've talked about that so many times previously on the show. Uh, and so many others, far smarter than us, have talked about that in greater detail. It, it sort of seems like, I don't know, this is my, my first thought when I, when I think of this, is like, for what the civil government is doing, it, it sort of seems at first um, almost innocent in that mm. in the fact that it's like we're just helping you oh, out yeah we're just trying to pick up the slack from mm -hmm. all these other governments yeah and then and then it's being changed right now right. as to as to be a bad thing it's but, true colors are showing right right and it's and it's like well you just shouldn't have done it to begin with like yeah. instead so of picking things. up the slack instead of picking it up for the other person say Hey, All come on, the other what are you doing? Governments. What are you doing? Get yes. back over here. Yeah, yeah, yes. Because really, as, as we've talked about before, it's you're not helping someone by just giving them money. Right. You're helping them by teaching them how to make money, by yes. giving them a job, by exactly. making them work. So really, it's not necessarily wrong or, or sinful for a government to say, hey, come back here and, and, and do your job correctly. Yes, train you're, your own children. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry for and that random thought. No, that's that's really good to, to state is that it's not innocent. But even if it were, they took the way wrong approach. Yeah. Um, in all of these things, all of these areas of society, there's so much more. But this is more than enough. Uh, in reality, God has been gracious in withholding mm -hmm. his complete and utter mm -hmm. judgment from our nation. Yeah. As we rightly deserve. As we rightly yeah. deserve. If we as Christians don't wake up and start working to make the nation of America and eventually the whole world a disciple of Christ, that dreaded passage in Romans chapter 1 will become our reality. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Romans 1, 24 through 25 goes on and says, Therefore, God gave them up. That should terrify you, should chill you to the bone. God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. That I mean, statement is probably one of, in my opinion, one of the most chilling passages in scripture, because that could be any one of us. If we truly understand, we call ourselves Cal Calvinists. Do we understand what that means? 
if we understand total depravity, that verse right there should terrify you. Being given over to your total depravity without the restraint of God. That is what happens if we continue down this path we're going down. That's a warning, and we need to take that seriously. Before I move on, you had one, you wanted to say something. Uh, just that that statement right there, worshipped and served the creature rather than the, than the creator, and I yep. immediately think of we're worshipping Trump rather than God. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, we're doing that too. Yep. Or we're worshipping the next political savior. Yeah, you know. yeah, for sure. So, all right, so we get all this, Bruce. We understand we are in rough shape. We understand there are problems. There are many problems. We understand yeah. our society is collapsing around us and we shouldn't be comfortable with it. So what now? What comes next? Now, we remember the truths of God's word when it tells us that Christ is reigning. It's going to sound a little paradoxical at first, but stay with me. Now we work as unto our king. All those verses we read at the beginning of, um, of today's episode where we were talking about Christ is reigning. He's subduing all his enemies under his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed, after he's destroyed all the other enemies, last enemy will be death. We need to remember that now. Hmm. We need to refocus our attention from all our idols, our nice cars, our nice houses, our careers, our friends, whatever. The things that were given as blessings from God until we use them to break the first commandment. Uh, Galatians 5.13 is a good verse. Look into that. Uh, we used our freedom as a license to sin, which is Galatians 5.13. Instead of focusing on our idols, we need to change and refocus our attention on transforming and taking back our society for Christ. That is what we are told to do in scripture. Our king is reigning. Ephesians 1, 19 through 22 says, What is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And this last part, this is really important. Pay attention to this last part. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. That's really important. Yeah. So now my last segment, we understand we are in a bad shape. We are in a bad place as a nation, as a society. And I hope no one listening to this show can deny that hope that you understand uh, how how bad of a shape we're in. But I also hope that you understand who has all authority in heaven and on earth, who is reigning, and who we are called to serve. With those two pieces of information, our next question should be, how do we make every nation a disciple of Christ? How do we make the nation of America a disciple of Christ? We're told in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, to make every nation a disciple of Christ. This task is possible it's not impossible as so many people today like to believe so many evangelical fish like to say no that's not going to happen we can't possibly make all the nations of the world disciples of christ no 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 christ has told us to do that and how could he tell us to do that because he has all authority in heaven and on earth 
it's possible. It's not only possible, it's going to happen. Now we work to bring all areas of society into submission to him. And we need to remember that this will take time. So that should comfort you a little bit. In Mark chapter 4, verses 30 through 32, Christ tells us that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Uh, and then this is a quote from that, which uh, it's like a mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. That takes time but it becomes a strong tree that even the birds can make nests in from an itty bitty little speck that you can barely see. So remember that. Also, the kingdom of God grows slowly, gradually, but with immenseness and intensity. Ezekiel 47. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 47 tells us that the streams of living waters, which Christ explains further in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. I'd encourage you to look those up uh, when you can. Um, but Ezekiel chapter 47 tells us that those streams of living water will grow larger and larger gradually until you can barely see across the river from one bank to the other. Um, so it takes time. So we need to remember that and not grow impatient. Um, but in his book, The Confessional County, Raymond Simmons outlines a strategy. And he calls uh, this strategy the Confessional County Strategy in chapter nine. And I'd encourage you to get that book and look into that further because we just don't have enough time to go through as much of it as I'd like to, but there's so much there. Um, but Raymond Simmons starts out by pointing out the fact that we as Christians are the ones who best understand strategy. If we understand our Bibles, we're the ones who best understand strategy because we understand the concept of reaping what you sow is uh, that's Galatians six, seven. Or put another way, we understand the law of causation, law of causality. Um, we understand that what we do privately eventually boils out to the society around us. And, and when we sow strong families, we will eventually reap a strong nation and society as a result. With those two principles, remembering that it will take time and that we will reap what we sow, we should be calling our pastors to preach all of Christ for all of life. They should be preaching cultural sanctification and societal confessionalism. This is how we win. And that's my two cents on what happened last week. And really what's happening right now on a global scale and specifically in our nation today. Anything you want to add, Jake, before we wrap up today? I think something that you mentioned in the beginning of your rant is very pertinent, uh, but that it's well-deserved. Hmm. What we got is what we deserved. Uh, something Steve Day said, had said, God has been patient. Yeah. God has been merciful. Like since, since the beginning, since the civil war, yeah. we have kind of begun to leave Christ. Yep. And our once very, very blessed nation is becoming less and less so yep yep and we we it, it, it kind of almost seems like that god's blessings have led us to fall asleep mm. and that you know in, in you think of all this that this is for a reason why has god blessed us so much 
so that everybody is asleep when he could have released his blessings at in the Civil War when we started to walk away. Mm. And really, I think, because he wants the floodgates to fall. And when the floodgates fall, people in the, people in the town start to notice. Mm. Yeah. And when all Good of point. our blessings go away, we will start to see the sin that is all behind it. And then we'll finally wake up and actually see what's going on. Yep. Yep. But that involves the Christians who are awake currently to actually try and wake others up. Yeah. But the people that are in the town waiting for the flood to hit them that are still asleep, you need to be going door to door knocking, knocking on their door saying, hey, there's a flood coming. Wake up. Let's get out of here. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Amen. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you all so, so much for joining us today. Don't forget, check out our show website, trdshow.net. Send us an email, trdshow at protonmail.com. We are looking forward to seeing you on our Wednesday episode when we break down the next chapter in Christian Nationalism by Andrew Torba. Also, you don't want to miss this Friday. We have a special guest talking about Christian gaming, video games for the kingdom of God. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Mm-hmm.